Um, let's get into God's word this morning. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20 is the verse that we're going to go off. And we are talking about evangelism. I'm going to read the verse. This is going to, sorry to the multimedia team, you just need to find the slide. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Uh, surely I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. I want you to use your imagination for a moment and imagine you were up last night and you were on your phone, as a lot of us do, and just, you know, browsing through internet and then suddenly this pop-up appeared on your phone and it said, do you want to see the cure for cancer? Do you want to know the cure for cancer? Click here. Now, I don't know about you, I don't usually click on things like that because most of the time they lead to sites that you uh, probably shouldn't be on. Uh, Jesus is watching. Um, but just, you know, you go, wow, imagine, cure for cancer. So you click it. And what it did was, once you clicked it, it came up on a sign. And there was a document on this website, and it says, cure for cancer. And on this document, it's got every cancer that exists, and it's got a cure for every single cancer. Now, millions of people in the world die from cancer. So you go, wow, this is amazing. But it feels like it's too Good to be true, right? So being cynical, you take the document and you go to your friend's house and your friend who just happens to have a world-class science laboratory in his uh, basement because he just happens to be the world's smartest scientist, right? Imagination, imagination, right? And he looks at the document and between you and him, you go through each of the cancer cures and you actually test each one of them and you find that each one of them is real. And each cure is real. That's amazing. So now between you and your world-class scientist friend, you literally have the document that cures every cancer in the world. Wow. So what do you do with it? What do you do with that document? What do you do with that discovery? I would imagine that for many of us, hopefully all of us, we would do whatever it takes to make this document public, to take it to the health authorities, to take it to governments, to take it to nations and share this information with them so that globally we could cure cancer because it's not just about curing a disease it's about saving a person's life friends the gospel the good news of jesus christ is the spiritual cure for spiritual cancer that is sin the Bible gives us history of man that has been plagued by sin. 
that has broken our relationship with God, our Creator. And the consequence of that sin is spiritual death, spiritual separation from God. However, the gospel, through the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died on the cross for our sins to pay the penalty that we deserve, we can be saved from our sin and have everlasting life. The words that we have in Scripture, whether in your, in your Bible or on your phone, they are the cure for spiritual death. So what do we do with it? We share it. We share it. Now, there are two words that are used to describe the idea of sharing the gospel. Firstly, the word evangelism which means preaching, announcing, or otherwise communicating the gospel, evangelism. And the second word that the Bible uses is mission, which involves the sending of individuals and groups of believers to parts of the world where others have not heard about God. That's missions. Ultimately, evangelism and missions are interlinked and have the same purpose, to share the gospel with those who have not heard heard it. Evangelism can happen in your school, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, over a meal, over a Bible study, and a coffee. Mission takes evangelism to places where God is not known and where the gospel needs to be shared. The question that we ask in this series that we called why is this question, why do we share? Why do we need to evangelize? Why do we go to missions or send people on missions around the world? And before we get into that, I want you to ask yourself a question. When's the last time you shared the gospel with someone that did not know God? When's the last time you talked about Jesus with someone that didn't know who Jesus was? They said, why do we do this? Right? It's got to do with the why. Right? Three reasons for evangelism and missions. Number one, it's the heart of God. Sharing the good news uh, is the heart of God. God loves his people. That's why he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross. Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. If God did not love man, if God did not love man, then he would not bother. The opposite to love is actually not the word hate. Uh, sometimes we think this. We think that the opposite to love is hate. But actually, that's not, that's not completely true. The opposite to love is actually a word called indifference. It's I don't care. Uh, hate, you actually still care about that person. You still feel, you, you feel dirty about it. You, you don't feel happy about it. But, you know, like you, you hate them, but you still, you still care enough to hate them. But the word indifference goes completely the other way and says, you know what, I, I don't even care about you enough to hate you. That's the opposite to love. If God did not love man, if God was indifferent to man, he would never have sent his son Jesus. But this is the heart of God. He loves man. The heart of man, uh, the heart of God is that all man would be saved from spiritual cancer because he loves him. Now, God doesn't force the gospel into people's lives, but 
He desires that everyone at least hear and have an opportunity to respond. That's why we evangelize. That's why we go on to missions because we know that this is the heart of God. And if it's important to God and God's important to us, that it's important to us. Right? My wife and I, we, we, uh, we've been married 15 years coming up this week. Thank you very much. It's been a, it's been a good 15 years. Um, you know, I, I joke about this all the time, right? Like, my wife's a cafe girl, right? I'm a food court boy. You know, like, that's, that's the difference in us, right? Like, she's North Shore. I'm, like, West Ride. You know, like, it's... <laughs> different, you know. And at the beginning of our marriage, it was so hard because we were so different. But you know what? Something that I've... Cafes are important to my wife and my wife is important to me. Therefore, cafes have become important to me. Getting there, right? Evangelism and the sharing of the gospel is the heart of God. And if, if God is important to us, then what is important to Him becomes important to us. All right? That's the first reason why we evangelize and go to missions. Number two is the commandment of Jesus, the verse that we read, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Mark 16, 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Now, this is a pretty simple one, right? Jesus said to do it. Jesus commanded us to share. Jesus commanded us to evangelize. Jesus commanded us to be involved in missions, whether that's out there, whether that's in your home, whether that's financially supporting, whether that's supporting in prayer. It doesn't matter what form, but Jesus commands us to be involved. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Friends, it's black and white. That's what God said. Why do we do it? Because that's what he said. It's so simple. Right? Sometimes we want to trivialize and, and make things complicated, but this pretty black and white, guys. The reason why we evangelize and go on missions is because that's what Jesus said to do. The third reason why we evangelize and go on missions, it's our love for man. Mark 10, uh, Mark 12, 30, 31. The greatest commandment, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. Love God, love man. If your friend had cancer, right? If your family member had cancer, wouldn't the most loving thing to do is to give them that document that was the cure? Simple, right? Like, if you had cancer and your friend had that document, don't you think that the most loving thing that that friend could do to you was to give you that answer, to give you the cure? Love your neighbor as yourself. That's a part of the commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Friend, if you're hungry, if you are hungry, nobody here would starve themselves. 
If you were thirsty, nobody here would withhold water from themselves. If you were tired, you would let your body rest. This is how we love ourselves and this is how we take care of ourselves. And it's the same way. In the same way, this is how we're called to love our neighbor. If you love your neighbor, you would share with them the most precious thing in your life, the thing that changed your life and your eternity. This is why we evangelize and we go to missions. Now, the Bible is very clear. Evangelism and missions is not an option. This, as Christians, as believers, it's not something that you can do and may not do. It's not some people in the church can do it. I'm just not very gifted at it, so I'll just leave it up to them. No. The Bible is very clear that this is a mandate on every single believer. It is our purpose, it is our duty as God's people to carry on the work of God in this world until he returns. So if any of us here in our church have this idea that no, evangelism and missions is for other people, you are wrong. That's just wrong. It's for you. It's for every single one of us. We need to take that ownership and responsibility. So the question is, why don't we do it? Why don't we evangelize? Why aren't we involved in mission? Is it because we're scared of rejection? Is it because we feel like we're undertrained and we don't know how to do it? Is it because we're too busy? And my answer will be, it's not. It comes back to what you believe. It comes back to what you believe. There are two key beliefs. There are two key beliefs that we need to understand. Number one, the gospel is good news. The gospel is good news. Can I tell you, friends, if you don't believe this, if you don't believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, the fact that he came from heaven to earth and he died on the cross for your sin, for my sin, for the sin of every single person in this world so that we can have a relationship back with God and even if we die and when we die, we will not die forever but we will have eternal life. If you don't believe that that is actually good news, you would never share it with anybody. See, this is what I mean. The whole series is based on this idea that what we do is dictated by what we believe. I'm telling you now, friends, the reason why, for some of us, the reason why we struggle to evangelize or don't evangelize is literally we're not convinced that the gospel is the good news. Let me ask you, have you ever heard me sharing about the greatest vegetarian meal that I've ever had? No. Have you ever heard me speak about the Loch Ness Monster in Scotland? No. Do you know why? Because I don't believe in either of those things. At, at similar levels, like Loch Ness Monster and vegetarianism, they're similar to me, you know, right? They are not good news to me. Right? They, they are not, in my heart of hearts, they are not my reality. I have no belief in those areas. That's why you never hear about those things from me. But what do you hear about? You hear about McDonald's? 
You hear about sport and you hear about my family. Ian, I don't know if Ian's joining in. He actually did this little research on a whole bunch of my sermons and he, and he typed and he worked out that the three big examples that I use always are fast food, my family, and sport, right? And most of my examples come within that. Do you know why? Because they're real things to me. They're as real as it gets to me. If you do not believe that the gospel of Jesus is actually good news, you will never share. It's not about, you know, can I share? Do I know how to share? No, it's about whether you believe it's good news or not. That's the first one. Secondly, it's the belief that the good news is for everyone. Secondly, if you believe that the gospel is the good news and the gospel is for everyone, that everyone needs to hear the good news, then you will share. However, if you believe otherwise, whether it be a selfish view of the gospel, do you know what that is? It's, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, sweet, I'm done. So selfish. If you do not believe that the good news, the gospel is for everyone, then you will not share. Once again, it just goes back. It goes back to your core beliefs. Is the gospel good news? And does everyone need to hear the gospel? And actually, it goes back to our belief in God. Is God good? And secondly, does God want everyone to be saved? Does he love everyone enough for them to be saved? Now, I'm not saying that our job is to save every single person. And as Deborah was saying, you know, and they're on the field, right? Like, it's not our job to transform hearts. You and I cannot transform hearts. I've been married for 15 years. There has been no, inf- or a little bit of influence, but you, you can't change a person's heart. Only the Holy Spirit can. Luckily, that's not our job. I'm not here preaching, right? I'm not here preaching, trying to manipulate your emotions and feelings and hopefully that your heart will make a decision. I'm here to present to you God's Word. And what I'm praying for is that the Holy Spirit that is with us this morning is changing you like He's changing me. But if no one goes and shares the gospel... How will they hear? If you don't tell your friend, you know, and I thought about this once, right? And I don't think it's sort of, it's sort of clear cut like one person has to share with one other person. But you know what? There are people in your life. There are people in your life. You are the closest thing to God to them. And our responsibility our joy, our love for God and our love for that person should drive us to share with them the gospel. I'm not even going to talk about how to share the gospel. That's like whole, that's like, you know, we're going to do that in classes later in this year. I'm just trying to help you understand the why is what drives the how. The belief dictates the behavior. If you do not believe that the gospel is good news, and if you do not believe that the good news is for everyone, you will never share the gospel. 
But if you believe that the gospel is good news, not just good news, the greatest news, and if you believe that God is love and his love is for every single person and that he really wants every single person to hear the gospel, then you and I, if we really believe that, we will share. I'm not saying get onto Bird Road, stand on a milk crate and start like, whoo, you know. That's like, you know, 30, 40 years ago, right? It's different now. You know? But it's our heart. Can I tell you, even for Deborah and Martin, the amazing work that they do in Cambodia, the decision that they made to go full-time mission, it, it just goes back to those two things. The gospel is good news and the gospel is for everybody. And God sent them to Cambodia, the wonderful land of Cambodia. It said, at the end of the day, our desire to share the gospel of Jesus, whether it be in evangelism or missions, comes down to what we believe about God and what we believe God wants for us. Now, you can dance around this all day long, but I think the Bible is very, very clear. God is loving that he sent his only son, Jesus, to cure the spiritual cancer of sin in our lives and in the lives of every other person in this world. And that we are to share this good news with those around us who need it. Who needs it? Everyone needs it. If we believe this about God, then sharing doesn't become burdensome. It just becomes a part of who we are. It's not a job. It's not an obligation. You know, telling someone the good news of, of, hey, you know, do you have cancer? Like, oh, you know, should I tell them the cure of cancer? Should I not? Should I, you know, I don't know how to. Like, it's not like that. Do they need it? They need it. So tell them. Are you going to cure them? No. The cure is going to cure them. God's going to cure them. All comes back to what we believe. All comes back to your own heart. So what is it that you believe about God and the good news of Jesus? Do you truly believe that this is good news? And do you truly believe that people need to hear this good news? And once you've worked that out, the sharing will come. Let's pray.